The following episode can be viewed on the YouTube channel Bernie or Bust Television. Good morning, USA, and welcome to another episode of the Bernie or Bust Show. We're still in Erie, Pennsylvania for another day. We have coffee and we're ready to rumble. We need to stick a fork in Elizabeth Warren's campaign and we need to make sure everyone understands, as we were trying to do yesterday, why she's still in the race. And the other big loser on Tuesday was another ex-frontrunner, Elizabeth Warren. She finished fourth. She had barely half the votes of the third-place finisher, Amy Klobuchar. If you have barely half the votes of Amy Klobuchar, no offense to Amy Klobuchar, no. not good. Not good. So officially, Elizabeth Warren's presidential campaign is still going. Nobody believes really it means anything. In fact, we can't say at this point what exactly Elizabeth Warren is running for. We're going to try to answer that question, Tucker, but you, you raised a good question, very valid question. Maybe she hopes to get a few delegates she can exchange for a cabinet job if the Democrat wins. Maybe she wants to sabotage Bernie Sanders because he's a sexist by siphoning votes from him. Or maybe she's just like traveling around giving speeches with lots of servants around her and flying on private planes, which she loves to do. <laughs> but one thing for certain, Warren is not running for president because she thinks she can become president because she can't. Despite that, in her non-concession speech last night, and this is very telling, Warren bragged about taking half the bank account of a broke college student to finance her doomed ambitions. Watch this. Young woman came up by herself and she said, uh, I'm a broke college student with a lot of student loan debt. And she said, I checked and I have $6 in the bank. So I just gave $3 to keep you in this fight. That's what we gotta do. We gotta stay in this fight with people who are counting on us. She's literally begging money from the indigent to continue a campaign that can't win. It's not really a campaign at that point. It's a religious movement or a cult or something. But really, <laughs> didn't even happen. Is the story real? Who knows? Warren has been caught lying about so many things we can actually check. Just imagine what she says when she can't be caught. I mean, really. So it's tempting to say that Warren collapsed, that her campaign died because she lies a lot, but that's actually not the case. Warren's been lying for a long time. She pretended to be an American Indian. Remember that? That happened before she launched her campaign. Voters knew it. And yet, for a while, she was the Democratic frontrunner. So clearly, Democrats were willing to forgive her fabrications. No. She destroyed her campaign for a different, much more interesting reason. Warren fell apart for the same reason that Beto O'Rourke did. Because in place of a message, an actual message that unites people around ideas and policies, she went all in on wokeness. All in. Every public appearance brought out a new facet to her remarkable wokeness. Okay, Tucker, I think you went off the deep end there. I think we have a better solution to this quandary. I think we have a better answer to this question. Here is a comment from yesterday's Bernie or Bust show from Kinky. Keep in mind, Wall Street Pete, Klobuchar, Elizabeth, and Biden are all playing an important role right now. They're perfectly splitting the conservative right wing, aka centrist, vote ensuring Bernie's clear pathway to final victory. So let's hope they all stay in for a while, at least until the public understands that Bloomberg is a racist Republican. I know, it's like strategic whack-a-mole. Fun, huh? And this is how I responded. The problem with them all staying in is that it will lead to a brokered convention. If that happens, Hillary could actually be the nominee. Bloomberg just announced that he is considering Hillary as his running mate. Keep in mind that Elizabeth will never give her delegates to Bernie. 
They all, other than Yang and Gabbard, are working together to make sure Bernie doesn't get to 50% plus one, and then Elizabeth wants to be somebody else's veep. So Tucker, that's why she's in it. Now your explanation for why she failed is that she was too woke, and that's not a completely off-base assumption, but the real reason she failed is because she catered on Medicare for All. She, she showed the progressive base that she's not truly a progressive. So here's that article about Mike Bloomberg considering picking Hillary as his running mate. Mike Bloomberg is considering making Hillary his running mate, a source close to his campaign has told Drudge Report. Polling found the Bloomberg-Clinton combination would be a formidable force to take on Trump in the race for the White House. And that's their whole shtick. They are trying to say that two right-wingers are going to win in swing states. And that's just ludicrous. This whole thing is just ludicrous. Bloomberg is only going to take votes away from Bernie so that he can achieve 50% plus one. That's why he's there. And then they can give it to Hillary if they want. They could make Bloomberg Hillary's running mate. It doesn't matter. They could make Mickey Mouse the candidate. They have no expectation whatever. I don't know what polling they're talking about, but it's, it's not right if you see it let me know in the comments the only point of having anyone other than bernie as the nominee is that then they can give it to donald trump and then they go home happy bernie is the existential threat there isn't any other point than to take it away from bernie they don't care who else gets it really as long as it isn't bernie now who is this they i'm talking about Max Blumenthal and Aaron Maté have done some work about that, and we'll see that with RJ Esco here on The Zero Hour. Because you, in a different way, uncovered what I, I think I discovered too, which was a network of people who take care of each other and some disturbing overlaps with uh, the Buttigieg campaign and what Buttigieg represents, big donors, and what they represent. So are you able to talk about that for a minute out there? Yeah. Well, they're really, I mean, Juan Guaido is the perfect kind of analog to Pete Buttigieg in a lot of ways, who is the self-proclaimed winner of Iowa and New Hampshire, even though he won neither. And the Iowa caucuses were sabotaged, whether it was by a mistake uh, or deliberately by a network which is very closely aligned with Pete Buttigieg, his campaign, and also the kind of cultural milieu that he represents, starting to rain, so let me get under some cover here. Um, the, the network really starts with this figure, Tara McGowan, who is a 33-year-old consultant who really represents, I think, the future, not just of the Democratic Party, but of politics in general, because she is unashamed to pilot online disinformation campaigns. She was vaulted kind of out of nowhere, celebrated in all kinds of Silicon Valley media and um, cultivated by a Silicon Valley billionaire named Reed Hoffman, who's the founder of LinkedIn. Reed Hoffman and his kind of in-house political strategist, Dimitri Melhorn, uh, have spun out a series of online operations, which include acronym the dark money nonprofit that Tara McGowan runs. And what um, Hoffman and Melhorn are known for is, as I said, online disinformation campaigns to win elections for Democrats. And we know the Republicans are doing this too. Um, it's, you know, something that the Democrats have been howling about for years. 
An example of that is David Brock and the astroturfing that happened. This is the kind of misinformation campaign Max is talking about. Russian meddling, the internet research agency Troll Farm, we've been hearing about Cambridge Analytica. Well, here comes a disruptive billionaire, self-described disruptors, who've been funding, by the way, uh, charter schools and the school privatization industry for years. And they've decided that instead of fighting Russian disinformation or what their conception of it is, they will emulate it. And so they have actually posited the Russian internet research agency troll farm as a model for what they aim to do in local elections. So let's take a look a little bit at what they have done leading up to the Iowa caucuses. Reed Hoffman put $100,000 into an online false flag campaign in Alabama where a group of disinformation warriors, very similar to Tara McGowan, they're in their 30s and 40s, Obama administration and campaign veterans uh, from a group called New Knowledge, created a series of fake Facebook pages trying to take votes away from Roy Moore, the far-right Republican candidate running in the Republican running in the Senate special election in Alabama in 2017 and redirecting those votes to a dark horse Republican write-in candidate who is a lawnmower salesman. These disinformation warriors actually furnished the lawnmower salesman to national media and secured interviews for him across the state of Alabama and in national media. In addition, they purchased thousands of followers to Roy Moore's account from a Russian troll farm with Cyrillic names and then went to MSNBC and other sites and said that the Kremlin is interfering in Alabama's election in support of Roy Moore. This was a secret project called Project Birmingham. The details were leaked uh, and revealed later by the New York Times. We wrote about it a lot at the Gray Zone. And the authors of this disinformation campaign took credit for swinging the race to the Democrat, Doug Jones. So a lot of people who are watching right now who are Democrats might say, well, what the hell? Roy Moore, he's a lunatic theocrat. It's good that we beat him by any means necessary. But this is but these were disinformation campaigns which deceived voters and made a mockery of democracy. And Hoffman and Melhorn have proceeded to do that again in the 2018 midterms with Tara McGowan. What they did was they went into swing states, set up fake news pages like the Virginia Dogwood in Virginia and paid Facebook hundreds of thousands of dollars to run ads for these Facebook pages to you know, kind of pump them into users' feeds. They would feed local, local users um, you know, stories about fires or lost dogs, things of local interest. They also took out pages that appealed to people in Tennessee about patriotism, Tennessee sports, Christianity. And then when election day drew closer, what they did was fill their feeds with political messaging, persuading them to vote for Democrats. This is exactly what the Senate Intelligence Committee accused the Internet Research Agency of doing to disrupt democracy and undermine American confidence in their electoral institutions. And so in the end, in Iowa, we have this app that was produced by Shadow Incorporated that completely sabotaged vote results. And this app was spun out of Tara McGowan's acronym. And I want to... 
Yeah. And Max Blumenthal, I just want to interrupt you for a second because it's so important that everything you're saying is is well documented by the Times, by Gray Zone, by others. And by the Washington Post. Washington Post. But there's another aspect of this story that is so important. And I'm looking at the Times article right now, and this is a quote from a report uh, from this Alabama project. Quote, we orchestrated an elaborate false flag operation that planted the idea that the Moore campaign, that's the Republican campaign, was amplified on social media by a Russian botnet. They, they, They imitated a Russian troll network in order to be able to accuse uh, the Republican of having Republican support, I, I'm or sorry, Russian, Russian support, support and uh, which amplified you know, the fear over Russian interference in our elections. They did this deliberately. They did this knowingly. They did this in a way that amplified the fears that, among other things, Robbie Mook then made a few bucks off of by training both Republicans and Democrats in Iowa how to, quote, unquote, avoid Russian interference. So this whole Russian dimension of it, to me, is critical. Yeah, well, what they did was they, at a time of national hysteria about Russian interference, faked Russian interference in the election. They just fabricated Kremlin interference in an election. So in addition to running a disinformation campaign that deceived voters, they also deceived the American public about the extent of Russian interference. That should be treason. That should be prosecutable as treason. And this same firm, which was funded by and spun out by billionaire Reid Hoffman, wrote the Senate Intelligence Committee report on Russian interference on Facebook. So they're they're basically fabricating a threat then cashing in on it with U.S. taxpayer money. I mean, this scandal, it, it's not even regarded as a scandal, but this is just, it's, we're, the only, we're some of the only people really talking about it, although people on the Republican side talk about it. Right-wing media has talked about this. This is a titanic scandal. I mean, this is, this is about the internal destruction of democracy, and it leads, you can draw a straight line from Alabama to the Iowa caucus, where the network that Reed Hoffman spun out with his money sabotaged an electoral contest contest and undermined the faith of Americans in their democratic process. That's exactly what happened in Iowa. And that's what's poised to happen in Nevada. You watch this. It's the same connections. It's the same machinery. It's the same people. Another piece I did showed that Tara McGowan also has a super PAC attached to acronym called PACronym, the largest donor to PACronym, also happens to be a top donor to Pete Buttigieg. His name is Seth Clareman, and he is a pro-Israel billionaire who funds the Israeli settlement enterprise. He's also funded the CIA memorial just over the river in Virginia. Um, So, and he's funded a number of disinformation networks like the Alliance for Securing Democracy. If you go to thegrayzone.com right now, we have an article up about them. But so, this network, I mean, this network's attached to Buttigieg. It's connected to the national security state. And they have no compunction about running disinformation operations against the American public. I agree so with you. Dangerous. I agree with you on all, all that, Max Blumenthal. The one word I might ask you to elaborate on, though, is sabotage, because my initial take on all of this was looks like 
epic levels of incompetence to me. Yeah. Um, sabotage implies a conscious effort, which some people have alleged, and certainly it's not a confidence-building network of relationships, but sabotage implies a deliberate effort to undermine the results and elevate, give Pete Buttigieg an opportunity to declare himself the winner. Is there evidence of that, or just, or just we know of these relationships that are highly uh, uh, troubling? Well, I didn't mean to imply deliberate sabotage. There is there, there, there are instances to suggest that this network, and I'll get into this, uh, had took steps to advance Buttigieg or propel Buttigieg and undermine Bernie Sanders. But I, I'm not, I'm not uh, implying or directly stating that there was deliberate sabotage. These. Um, hucksters are also extremely incompetent as you mentioned there are basically 30 and 40 something hustlers who are cashing in on Russiagate hysteria and the kind of digital in, um, incompetence of the baby boom generation um, characters like Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton even Obama um, they don't understand this technology, so they're bringing in these young people who tell them they're going to win elections with all these data-centric solutions. Well, and of now, course was- well now, Max Blumenthal, I happen to be a younger member of that generation. I under- if, And I'm the guy who found in Robbie Mook's op-ed, either in the New York Times or, or Wired, where he had a hyperlink that said Rush, uh, that referenced Russian interference in American elections. I seem to be the only person who clicked on it because that's how sophisticated I I am with technology because I clicked on it and it went to an article about Macedonian teenagers creating a fake news page. And Macedonia, which Robbie may not know, is not Russia. So, well, you know, there was a couple of us baby boomers have some moves. But but, uh, where does this story go from here? Well, I'm going to release a story. I'm not giving up on this story. I'm not moving on from Iowa. I, I really... I don't know why some supporters of Bernie Sanders have said, let's just move on and win New Hampshire. Um, this is a, this is a Titanic scandal and I'm going to keep following this story. And I should have a story out about Robbie Mook and his defending digital democracy network that, uh, field tested the voting systems in Iowa and got the, um, precinct chairs battle ready. I think there's a story that hasn't been told there, but what we're witnessing is the kind of militarization and uh what we're witnessing is internal interference in our democratic systems from a shadowy network of silicon valley billionaires connected to the national security apparatus and it's very bad for whatever's left of democracy so i'm just going to continue reporting on that at the gray zone and i just would also point people to our coverage of pete Buttigieg and his own connections to the intelligence services. This isn't about a conspiracy about Pete Buttigieg being a CIA agent. It's about how Buttigieg will govern. Sorry, I'm back. It's about how Buttigieg will govern, um, how his foreign policy will shape up. And so we've taken a look at his history in a way other outlets haven't. And we've been attacked directly by the Buttigieg campaign, by Foreign Policy yesterday, Foreign Policy Magazine, and by the Daily Beast. Um, so we've gotten the Buttigieg campaign to actually respond directly. And all we've done is report the facts 
of how he was groomed by national security mandarins and how he worked with the DEA and CIA in a unit in Afghanistan that was supposed to fight the opium trade. Um, I think this is all relevant and everything needs to be debated. Uh, we've also explored his uh, funding from pro-Israel billionaires like Seth Klarman. So take a look at what we're doing. It's got the Judge campaign on the defensive and I think it's really remarkable um, considering in 2004 how John Kerry made his military experience the centerpiece of his campaign. Buttigieg is running away from his own military experience and his own record. Um, that really shows where we are in progressive politics today. That's awesome. And that's what we were doing yesterday. We were showing CIA Pete's connections in terms of fundraising, where a lot of his money is coming from. And so this is just going farther. Max is really good at connecting the dots. And he wasn't coming right out and alleging things, but just showing you where the dots are. And the dots are all lined up in a nice orderly fashion. It isn't difficult to connect them. And that's what we're going to need to keep doing going forward. Here's more on Pete Buttigieg from Lee Camp of Redacted Tonight. Where the hell did Pete Buttigieg come from, all right? He's running second in the Democratic race, yet he has basically no political experience. And don't, don't, don't tell me that you count being the mayor of the fourth largest city in Indiana as political experience. So where the hell did this guy come from that he now owns the Democratic machinery? And why do I say he owns it? Because the shadow app, which was used to turn the Iowa caucuses into a hurricane of stupid, was created by four former Hillary staffers, and the CEO of the company is married to a Buttigieg strategist. So clearly the DNC and the corporate media is behind this nothing mayor, as is the national security state. According to the Gray Zone, he recently became the top recipient of donations from staff members of the Department of Homeland Security, the State Department, and the Justice Department. Furthermore, he is the spook's choice. Coup plotters and CIA agents fill Buttigieg's list of national security endorsers. The Buttigieg campaign published a list of 218 endorsements from foreign policy and national security professionals. So who is Nathaniel Myers? Myers currently works as a senior advisor for the U.S. Agency for International Development's Office of Transition Initiatives in Washington, D.C. Now, that's the fancy pants way of saying he works to destabilize and create coups in countries the U.S. is annoyed with, places like Venezuela, Nicaragua, Iran, Cuba, Bolivia. When those coups are successful, they often collapse the countries and then put in place a, a fascist asshole. When the coups aren't successful, like in Venezuela, they still kill tens of thousands of people due to economic sanctions. And this guy, was the best man at Buttigieg's wedding. I think that means something, all right? Like, even if you don't know someone at all, if you find out the best man at their wedding was uh, Sean Hannity, you know that person is a bag of dicks. Mayor Pete also worked at McKinsey Consulting, where he was employed by Blue Cross Blue Shield and the Defense Department. He helped big insurance and big military further exploit your average American. So I guess I was wrong when I, uh, when I said he wasn't prepared to be president. Exploiting average Americans <laughs> sounds like pretty good training. Back to the comments, we understand why Elizabeth is going to stay in it. We understand why Pete's there. 
We've talked about this all along. We know what Bloomberg's trying to do. We know how he's doing it. Tim Black has some ideas on that. And we're in a war to remove him from office. And just this morning, three members of the Congressional Black Caucus endorsed Bloomberg, including U.S. Congressman Gregory Meeks of New York, who joins me now. Congressman, thank you. So this is fresh news. We love news around here. Why did you put several candidates still running? Why do you pick the mayor? Well, because he is the best person to beat Donald Trump. He's got a great plan and a great Uh, uh, ability to communicate that plan. Uh, And I believe that uh, he's the person that can bring this country together. Uh, He knows uh, how to conduct and run uh, a huge corporation so he can do it with this country. Uh, (laughs) He has the ability to uh, talk about issues that are important to average everyday Americans because he's one that, you know, he wasn't given his money like Donald Trump was. He earned it the old-fashioned way Ooh, he yeah. built it so he could relate and understand as a, as a result result to open doors for others so that they have that opportunity for me personally you start talking about um wealth creation and closing that wealth gap for african americans he's the one that's been talking about that uh, great speech that he had in tulsa talking about trying to make sure that there's a, another million or so african americans becoming homeowners uh, opening doors for business opportunities for African-Americans. That is tremendously important. Uh, And he's the one candidate that has been talking about it and knows how to get it done. He's also the one candidate that gave to my campaign back in New York City when I was running the run. Ah. He's also the one candidate that can fund me in my upcoming candidacies. The way he's such a businessman. Because he's such a businessman. We all know we want a businessman doing business, man. So mind your business, man. <laughs> you know, it takes a certain type of scumbag to do what this guy is doing, but it's no different. Mr. Meeks is no different than the others who have run out sort of like clown, uh, jumped out of the clown car of the Democratic Party and kissed Michael Bloomberg's ring. Michael Bloomberg would be held accountable in a just world for his activities, but it seems to be applauded here. They seem to find no problem, no no quarter at all with it. Yeah, Donald Trump sent out a tweet about Michael Bloomberg. Did you know what it said? Michael Bloomberg is a huge racist. Then he had to pull it back because he realized he supported one of the core tenets of why he was calling Michael Bloomberg a racist, the stop and frisk policy. But the whole irony of the whole the, the irony of the whole thing is that at the end of the day, Michael Bloomberg takes away the Democrats' ability to pretend to have the high road. And you can't even pretend that you have the moral authority if the guy you're running was doing the same shit or believes in the same type of policing as the guy you're running against. It looks as though Bloomberg isn't going away. His money isn't going away. So he and Elizabeth are in it for the long haul. We expect Pete to drop out sooner, but because Pete has done his job, he's tried to block Bernie in the in the initial states. Nobody expects Pete to be able to go forward. But the money behind Pete also isn't going away. So in all cases, we've got enough money to get all of these candidates all the way to the end, all the way to Milwaukee in July. And we know what they want to do there. So let's stick together. Let's call this all out. If Bernie or Bust is doing its job, all of these candidates will have zero delegates to bring to that convention. Whether they're in it or not, whether they have the money to continue, what we can do 
through Bernie or bust and getting the news out about Bernie or Trump voters is make sure they have zero delegates to trade at that brokered convention. And if we really do our job, it won't even be a brokered convention. So that's the plan, Stans. And let's keep on burning. Get on board the Bernie or Bust train. Come get on board the Bernie or Bust train. Once you hear that clickety-clack, there ain't no time for turning back. Get on board the Bernie or Bust train. The preceding episode can be viewed on the YouTube channel Bernie or Bust Television.